Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Indeed, it is time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into an Uncomfortable Truth Thursday. That's right. We're going to talk about some things that are uncomfortable. The whole point of this is what, Pat? This concept of getting used to different. Because what we have found and what I have found more specifically, is that we are really great at being comfortable in positions that we hold or labels that we like to talk about, right? But do you really believe what you say you believe in? And this is about telling some uncomfortable truths and hopefully waking you up as you go about your day. Andrew Coppins, Pat Oni alongside you. You know the drill by now. Follow me at The Coppins Show. You can follow him at The Pat Oni Show. All of that wonderful goodness, the podcast drops and the video drops at 11 a.m. Central Time. So noon on the East Coast, 11 a.m. here in the wonderful Midwest Coast. And of course, 9 a.m. on the West Coast. So if you're on the West Coast, you have a full day to consume this. And that's our whole goal here is to allow you the flexibility to figure out when you want to consume critical thinking instead of, oh, by the way, uh, you can't do that until after work is done. And then, oh, uh, kids soccer practice or kids baseball or basketball or football or or hockey or, you know, whatever's going on in their lives. And, oh, by the way, household chores and, oh, by the way, eating. And it's now 10 o'clock and I just want to go to bed. So we're hopefully giving you enough time to be able to consume this. So let us know. Hit up your favorite podcasting platform, and if you can rate and review, do so for us. By the way, Pat, 
Um, <clears throat> I just happened to check our Apple podcasting, right? Because um, we've made some switches in how um, how we're doing the podcasting side of things, right? We've made right. Some, we've made some switches. We, yes, we have. Okay. Um, well, what does Apple Podcasts have to say? Well, the last review that we got for our wonderful, wonderful show. Are you ready for it? Hit me with it. Uh, should I? Should I don't know. I? I, I mean, you could just tell me about it. <clears throat> it's a one-star review <laughs> titled okay. Right Wing Imbecile. Also, um, the review just says right wing but head. What? Spelled B-U-T. So is he it, it, trying is, to I, call I, you I, a right wing butthead? I'm confused because is it I am I right wing butt my head? Or are you trying to insult me? It kind of sounds like he's trying to call you a right-wing butthead. But that's not how it's spelled. I understand what you're saying. I just think that this person was grossly incompetent in terms of being able to spell out their insult. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. So, if you would like to rate and review, we will go ahead and, um, you know, give you thanks on air if you do so. But, but here's the deal. If you want to insult us, right, and if you want to call us right-wing imbeciles, then whatever, that's fine. I, I don't care. It's literally no skin off of my back. But for the love of all things that is holy, that are holy, could you at least... If you're going to insult us, check your grammar first. I mean, if you're going to insult somebody, do it right. I mean, come on. I, like, I can at least laugh at uh, right-wing imbecile. Okay, whatever. Never mind the fact that um, this is a libertarian show. And we're about to show you why in, in just a few moments. But... Please, for the love of God, if you're going to call me a butthead, call me a butthead, not a butt, comma, head. Okay? Do better, people, on your insults. Do better. We, we, deserve, we deserve a better class of uh, insults. We deserve a better class of left-wing imbeciles. You know, Pat, um, since it is November, I thought, um, I don't know if you've caught my mug yet. Oh, is that, I can't tell what the smaller word is, but uh, sweaty balls, I'm assuming peace sweaty balls. Yeah. Have you tasted his uh, sweaty balls yet? N no, no, I, no. Well, they're no. the best balls in all of New England. I want you to think very carefully about what you're saying. 
Seriously, top five skid all time of SNL. <laughs> I mean, I I don't remember ever having seen the skit personally. But oh my god! So you, you yeah. have to, I'll I'll show it. I'll share it with you after the show. But the fact okay. that both Molly Shannon and Anna Gasteyer don't break character at any point in time during this entire skit is amazeballs. Absolutely amazeballs. Here's the thing. You keep dropping the term balls, and I'm getting a little concerned, and I'm a little concerned for your wife. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not smart. People, when I say that, they wonder what I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyway, folks, um, it's an uncomfortable truth Thursday. So here's a very uncomfortable truth for the mainstream media. Tuesday's election, while great in Virginia while showing promise in the state of New Jersey, was really a victory for liberty. Why do I say that? Well, hundreds, like close to a thousand races across this country were won by Libertarian Party candidates, including 100 in Pennsylvania alone. That's right. In Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, over 100 libertarian candidates won office. Holy crap. For all of us that have a liberty mindset, for all of us that are libertarian, which, by the way, every chance I have had to vote for a libertarian, with the exception of Gary Johnson, and with the I wanted to vote so badly for Spike Cohen, right? I I, I just couldn't vote. Well, you mean Joe Jorgensen because Spike Cohen was the VP, right? I, he it. was somebody I wanted to vote for. I mm-hmm. I couldn't vote for him because a vote for him was also a vote for Joe, and I didn't trust that Joe was not the left-wing version of libertarian. And what do I mean by that? I mean that she is both fiscally and socially left-wing. Whereas Spike, I believe, is economically right-wing and socially, not left-wing, but socially, leave me the hell alone. So centered. Yeah, I, bu- I believe he's mm. centered. I believe Joe is not. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't vote for Joe. But with the exception of the last two libertarian candidates for president, every chance at a local level that I get to vote for a libertarian candidate, I do it. Because this is where you make inroads as the libertarian party. You can affect change in small communities and in townships and, you know, local aldermanic races, right? And and for instance, we talked about this with um, your voter turnout, right? If 24 or 34% of the electorate is turning out and you're a libertarian candidate, that bodes very well for you being able to hold office 
All it takes is for that dedicated libertarian voter to come out for you and away you go. It really does. Or all it takes is for you to run almost unopposed. Figure out those those spaces in which it is a heavily, let's say, Republican area and, uh, well, you run unopposed. There you go. Run for your state houses. Run, run, run. Now, it, it, unfortunately, our friend Todd Erzin, who has been a guest on this program as the co-writer of the best-selling book, Fauci and Bargain, um, his wife ran for the school board in um, their hometown in Iowa. She lost, but she ran. She did something to try to affect change in their community. And unfortunately, in, in the township of Mequon, Pat, we, we had talked about that recall that was going on there, right? And how they oh, recalled yeah. four candidates. They unfortunately all won, the those that got recalled. But despite all of that bad news, despite the news in Virginia, right? Hundreds of libertarians, actual people who believe in libertarianism, won throughout the country, including over 100 in the state of Pennsylvania alone. How do you get a liberty mindset to take hold? This is how it happens. I've argued for a very long time, and this is part of the righteous resistance that we have talked about all year long, that it has to be something that you fix inside yourself first. You have to become a beacon, a, a guidepost, or however you want to put it. You have to become that for yourself, then for your family, then for your community. You can't do that if you are not fixed on liberty. You can't grow a movement if you don't hold those principles to be true. Right? Am I missing something? No. Okay. Not at all. So the uncomfortable truth here is, why is this not a story for the media? The uncomfortable truth is that if they have to tell the story that individual liberty is on the rise, the collectivism that they are trying to shove down our throat through the Green New Deal, through the Build Back Better plan, goes away. And alongside this, Pat, I want you to hear a, another former guest on this show, the former vice presidential candidate from the Libertarian Party, Spike Cohen, speak about this concept. And, and I think he puts this idea of what they're trying to do from the leftist perspective into a really good perspective. So hear what he talks about when it comes to this idea of central planning. Silver lining there, but this is what central planning does mm -hmm. in healthcare, in education, in infrastructure, in policing, in everything, in every single thing when government gets their hooks on it. And it's not because of th this party's bad or this politician's bad. It's because of the system itself. When you have a system that is financed by extortion and enforced not by merit or by value, but by threats and violence, they don't have to actually work. 
If I had a company, if we, if we open, me and Nate, we open Nate and Spike's Chicken Shack, okay? And our model for Nate and Spike's Chicken Shack is anyone who dares to walk anywhere near our store, we point a gun in their face and say, give me all the money in your wallet. And we get all the money and we go, this entitles you to X number of chicken sandwiches over the next month. Great job, everyone. And then, and then they come in and they try to get their chicken sandwiches. Do you think those sandwiches are going to be good? Do you think that we're going to have any need at all whatsoever to make sure that people are getting their sandwiches in a timely fashion or that they're not poisonous, much less tasty? Uh, <laughs> is there any reason to think that that's going to work out well? No, because it's extortion. We've removed the entire profit motive and incentive of providing value that makes us have to provide more value than the money we're receiving in exchange. That's how the entire world works. Every single person or organization on earth, except for the government or its cronies that are attached to it, like now the healthcare sector, are expected to provide more value than the money they're receiving or else they won't get any money and their competitors will. This is why central planning always fails. It's by the very nature of how it exists. And that's the problem that we're facing. We're facing. Is he or is he not right? Oh, I think he's 100% right. Absolutely right. And, and this is like, like, you ever heard the joke like that the government doesn't like competition? Oh, absolutely. This is why. This, this, what he's pointing out is exactly why they don't like competition because then it takes everything away from them and forces it everywhere to their competitors, right? So they don't like this. They, they want complete control because then they can control the outcomes, the money. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I look at the industry that I'm in, right? In mm. the real estate industry, it is an absolute racket. Not in so much that there's real estate agents involved and you're paying the real estate agent to market your home and blah, 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 right? None of that is what I'm talking about. But the licensure, why do I have to be licensed to have to sell, uh, to be able to be your real estate agent? If I think that you can provide me a service, I should be free to associate with you. Now, do I have a set of standards? Yes, I do, right? But I have given that to the public. This is literally I've put out a promise of trust. And it is an acronym, but it's being relentless. It's being trustworthy. It's being thoughtful. It is providing service. It is understanding, right? It is all of those elements to it, but that's what I provide, right? If somebody wants to freely associate with me, they can. But for me as the agent, I have to be a member of certain organizations. And I have to pay them to get access to systems that will allow me to market correctly, right? I don't have a choice in that. They, they say I do, but in reality, I don't because they are using the power of government and, co and the force of gunpoint. Either you join this organization or you don't get access to the main systems to do your job. That's not free association. That's at the point of the gun. Either you join this organization or you don't get to list your home that you want to sell with that agent that you want to do business with. There's no competing organization. None. Either you join this group to get the access or you don't. So there's a lot of this that goes on even inside the private sector, the so-called private sector, by the way. But we can look at education, right? 
And what did we see this week? A repudiation of that central planning. That's exactly what he's talking about. And it's not a repudiation of um of let's say how they are teaching math, right? It's a repudiation of them being able to think that they own your children. It's a repudiation of that very system. Here in Chicago, 30% fewer kids in CPS this year than last year. They have literally taken their kids out of the system. It's a repudiation of your central planning that you as a government, you as the teachers union, in cahoots with the government, are going to force me as a parent to have to ascribe to your left-wing politics in order for my child to go to that school. The uncomfortable truth in all of this is that anywhere central planning has come about, it doesn't work. And it's not about the policies. It's about the structure. And unless we fight the structure, it doesn't matter. And that's part of the reason why George Yunkin won. Is And the other reality to this, Pat, the other uncomfortable truth in all of this, and I want, I want you to address this one. Without the Daily Wire's reporting, without Chris Rufo, without the reporting of that sexual assault case in Loudoun County, Virginia, without true reporting going on, George Yunkin does not win. And look at what happened with that central planning. They out and out lied to your face in Loudoun County about the sexual assault. They out and out lied to you about CRT. They out and out lied to you about what they are planning. And when you caught them in that lie, vis-a-vis actual journalistic reporting, the uncomfortable truth here is that we can't hide from media. We have to be media. We have to do the reporting that the left wing won't do. We can't become propaganda. We have to be truthful reporters. We can't be propaganda. And that's the uncomfortable truth. I mean, you're not wrong. And I don't like like really critically thinking through this. I don't know that Glenn Youngkin wins election. There's no way because then you all then the, the only thing you have, literally the only thing you have, in terms of media reporting in this election is propaganda, because you have no one going out there doing the intrepid reporting and telling the truth. You have no one going out there and exposing what's going on in Loudoun County. You have no one going out there and exposing the lies that that came out of Terry McAuliffe's campaign that he was subsequently caught in in the final weeks um, leading up to the election that really hurt his campaign. You, You have none of this happening. None. And now, and now we, we understand something here. Parents are pissed and they're pissed off being in, in Loudoun County being told what they can and can't do in terms of their kids 
and their education. And, and, I, and I hate to go back to this, but Spike Cohn again nails this on its head. From pre-K to university, the primary purpose of government schooling is to do what? Normalize the state and its mechanisms. That's really what this is about, right? Civics class is not about teaching you about being a good citizen. It's about inculcating you to the system that exists right now. But he continues. Uh, From pre-K to university, the primary purpose of government schooling is to normalize the state and its mechanisms to the point where we see it as being a necessary as food or water. As long as government runs education, it will continue to grow and impose itself further on us. All of these debates over CRT, trans kids, and sports are easily resolved by just letting parents choose what and how their kids are taught instead of being robbed to pay for one-size-fits-all schooling. The current government narrative on schooling is you shouldn't have a say in what and how your kids are being taught. Soon it will be they're really our kids more than they are yours. As with everything else, it will continue to get worse until we stop going along with it. And he continues. Okay, he does continue with this, by the way. Saying, basically, that there are many excellent teachers in government schools. Their job is made difficult by the system imposed on them. So let's create a robust market of alternative schools to hire those people. Getting kids out of government schools leads to getting good teachers out of them too. And that is the uncomfortable truth for people like your wife or people that I know that are teachers that for the longest time, in fact, I... I dated somebody in high school whose parents stood up to the teachers union and were one of the first people inside the teachers union to refuse to pay their dues. To say, hell no, you're not taking my money for your left-wing politics. That was in the 1990s, Pat. But where else can they go to apply their trade? It's kind of like in real estate, where else could I go? other than through the system that exists. Could I create an alternative system? Oh boy, is it ever time for critical thinking. After some uncomfortable truths, I think, Pat, it is time for us to have a little bit of fun and maybe win some money too. Are you ready? Uh, I'm about as ready as Terry McAuliffe was to concede his election in Virginia. Speaking of that, by the way, did you see the viral moment uh, the lieutenant governor had in Virginia? Um, I mean, I think she's probably had a few in the last couple of days. Yeah. What, which well, one are you talking specifically about? Specifically, I'm talking about the photoshopped uh, Kamala Harris vi- video thing. Oh, no, I haven't seen that one. I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. It's so great. So great. <laughs> Got to check it out. And if you haven't seen it, folks, it's basically uh, literally somebody photoshopped her head onto Kamala Harris for the "Hey Joe, we won" call. Oh, <laughs> just shoving it down the throat of Kamala Harris is so great uh, when it comes to that. Uh, but um, it is time for us to win some of at Real Ron Phillips's money. By the way, feel free to tweet at him and ask him where the hell our money is. It's November and we haven't been paid all year. Yeah, good grief. Is he just waiting to pay that all at once? Because that's a lot of money. 
yeah, it is a lot of money. But anyway, Pat, it's time. All right, today's headline. Biden gets flashed by large naked Scottish man while in Glasgow for climate summit. Biden gets flashed by large naked Scottish man while in Glasgow for climate summit. While you are thinking of that, folks, I know that um, Thanksgiving is coming. And one of the things that I struggle with, and I don't know, Pat, if, if your household struggles with this, if you host Thanksgiving, is where do you put all of the things, meaning all of the food? It can't all fit in the fridge, right? I mean, you you can only prep and, and have so much space. So a really great technique that we use here in the Midwest, here in the upper Midwest, since it's you know below 50 degrees, you put the cooler outside and you allow it to keep things cold or the hot things semi-warm, right? And you can only really do that if you have a cat cooler by going to catcoolers.com. Again, that's catcoolers.com. And here's the important part. You will save 10% off if you go there, go to the checkout, enter the promo code MOJO50. Again, catcoolers.com. They're rugged, they're rough, they're durable. It's exactly what you think of cat, right? When you think of Caterpillar, right? It's exactly what you think of. But they're rough, they're durable, they're dependable, and they keep things cold or your warm things warm for up to seven days. Now, I can't I can't vouch that they're going to keep your warm things warm for seven days, but I can tell you that these coolers do a beautiful job of keeping things cold. So go to catcoolers.com, pick your poison of their coolers, and then enter that promo code MOJO50 at checkout for 10% off of your purchase. Get it now so that you have it in time for the holidays and you never run into that problem. Or more importantly, let's say you're bringing a bunch of stuff to somebody else's house for said holidays, right? Why not just bring it in your cat cooler so you don't have to go, um, will this fit in your fridge? Oh, no, it won't. Well, wh where should I put it? You know, you just put it into that cat cooler, you bring the cat cooler into the garage or wherever, and voila, you don't have to worry about that problem. See, we're all about problem solving on the show, right? Critically thinking. There's a great example of that. But you can only do that if you go to catcoolers.com, enter the promo code MOJO50 at checkout for 10% off today. Pat, do you need this headline one more time? I, I don't think so. Okay. This is a tough one because this is something, this is totally something that B would do. However, I feel like this is just too out there and too potentially real to be not the B. So I'm going to go with not the B in this one. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not even remotely sure on this one. But I'm going with it anyway because it just seems too funny and real and overly possible that it has to be not the bee. Your instincts are correct because it is not the bee. Yes. This actually happened. See, Biden's motorcade was traveling uh to Glasgow, right? Uh, to the conference and literally 
fat bastard showed up. <laughs> no, um, some naked fat man literally just flashed the motorcade. <clears throat> President Joe Biden was reportedly flashed on Tuesday by a large naked Scottish man when he was traveling from Edinburgh to Glasgow for the United Nations Climate Change Conference. At one point, when we were still on a smaller uh, country road, a large naked Scottish man stood in his front window taking a picture of their motorcade with his phone, a report from the White House media pool said. Maybe the Scott just wanted to take a picture of the motorcade, but was it too much of a hurry to apparently get dressed? I mean, come on. Hasn't everyone done the same thing at least once just stood stark, stark naked, right, Pat? Right in the front window of your home. You've never done that? Not in the front window of my home, no. I, I mean, I, if you've ever done that in front of any window in your home, I'd be frightened. Um, now, was this one you were Jen Psaki or Pat? Seriously. Seriously? First because of all, it might make a difference. First of all, I'm not sure that I would want to see my... I, I don't want to see myself naked now, let alone if I were Jen Psaki. Just saying. So, no. No. And by the way, just to remind our audience, I, Pat Oni, am not Jen Psaki. Stop tweeting at me that I am Jen Psaki. You jackholes. Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you secretly enjoy it. More importantly, I think Jen Psaki's ego uh, appreciates it. I mean, I, I won't speak for her, but uh, as for me, how can you not not speak for her? Well, I guess I could speak for her in this case since she is out with COVID right now. <laughs> Much like uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, and uh, also Kirk Bettencourt, the uh, third string quarterback for the Packers, which means uh, going into Sunday's game against the Chiefs at 325, um, it'll be the start of the Jordan Love era for my beloved Green Bay Packers. Which I'm pretty sure is coming for you next season anyway. It'll, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but... Here's the other part of this, okay? The the absolute freakout of Packer fans and the media, right? You had one of the one of the beat reporters, a guy that um, has been around for over a decade now, Jason Wildey. Literally, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't ask a follow-up question because in August when asked about this, Aaron Rodgers said he was immunized. Not that he was vaccinated, but that he was immunized. And what ultimately it turns out is he did some natural immunization mumbo jumbo that didn't work. Just like being vaccinated, by the way, because and here's work. the rub on all of this, Pat. And we talked about this mm. off air. My God, are you people dense? Who was out last week for the Green Bay Packers, Pat? Devontae Adams. Okay. And... Why was he touch and go as to whether or not he was going to play last Sunday? Because didn't he have to like do like like get like two like negative tests or something like that? 
throughout the week. All throughout he had to week. do was get two at some point throughout the week. Mm. Which is what protocol for the NFL? The vaccinated protocol. That's right. Devontae Adams was <gasps> vaccinated. You know who else is vaccinated, Pat, and um, <clears throat> is a big name in the NFL and, and is out this weekend for COVID-19? Saquon Barkley. Also probably out because he <laughs> has a foot injury, but. Yeah, the, the guy can't stay healthy anyway. And so let me get this straight. No issues because Devontae Adams was out last week. No, oh my God, oh my God, the sky is falling, the earth is following. Wait, he was vaccinated and and still got it. And Aaron Rodgers, who spends a lot of time with Devontae Adams. Where are you blaming Devontae Adams for giving COVID-19 to Aaron Rodgers? Oh, that's right, Pat. We have no freaking clue who gave who, what to whom, how, where, what. And also, it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not. Again, we are not God. Stop trying to play God. For the love, this whole act of, oh my God, he got COVID-19. How, how is he so irresponsible? Are you saying that about Devontae Adams? Are you saying that about um, Alan Lazard, who, by the way, was unvaccinated as well and had to go through much more rigorous protocols? Yeah, that response is, no, he didn't say any of that. Uh, Personally, I think it's absolute crap that he can't play this weekend. So my my other question to the NFL and the NFLPA is, uh, um, real quick, if they had influenza, what would you do? Here's how I know what you would do. You would pump them through fluids. You would give them all of the treatment possible throughout the week. And then if they felt like they could play on Sunday, if they felt like they wouldn't throw up every time they uh, got onto the field, they would play. Even despite the risk of spreading influenza amongst the team, right? Yep. Hmm. Why are you not doing that with COVID-19? What, what's the difference? I, it, it, this is an honest-to-God question because there is no difference. And there's a difference between how these viruses work, right? There's right. That's the difference. But... The responses to the virus, they're both alleged respiratory viruses, right? I mean, is the flu considered a respiratory virus? Yeah, influenza is a respiratory virus. I mean, I I've, I've personally have never heard that before, but it, it, it's it, if that's the case... Then what, what the hell are you doing? Well, because what does influenza give you, potentially? Pneumonia. You don't get pneumonia from anything other than respiratory issues. Well, while that's true, while, while that is true, 
I mean, for me, the flu has never been like when I've had the flu, it's never been really a respiratory thing for me. It's always been a stomach issue for me. Mm -hmm. Respiratory issues can cause that too, but that's either here nor there. My point being that you treat these things virtually the same in terms of how you treat them, right? Right. Okay. So what are we doing here? And why is Aaron Rodgers suddenly the devil? For having like like the response here is how dare he get it? What the hell is he supposed to do? How the hell are you supposed to avoid getting this? Get the va- oh wait, Devonte Adams just had the shit. Seventy seven percent of all Illinoisans who died uh, two weeks ago here in the uh, state were vaccinated. The this god complex of leftism. This idea, the the fear that is still gripping this country is amazeballs to me. What about the past 19 months has told you, or the 20 months or 21 months or however long you think that this has been here? What about all of this? The last two years, really? What about this period of time says anybody has any control over this? More importantly... What about this period of time says it's somebody's fault if they got it? As if we all have this magic idea of how we can avoid getting it. Oh, and by the way, Pat, did you hear that story about the uh, the mother who had locked away her nine-year-old for fear of uh, getting COVID-19 for the past 20 months? The mom now has COVID-19 and so is her daughter. So wait, so wait, what you're saying is that they locked down for however long and they both still got COVID-19? Yep. Mm. So again, even the people who thought they could, literally thought they could just lock themselves away and never have to deal with it. If we just stay away from every human being on earth. Why is that the case? Because this is an aerosol virus. This isn't something that you have any control over. It's insanity. And that's the uncomfortable truth here. If you believe you have the ability to control whether or not you get the virus, you are nuts. And more importantly, if you believe that anybody else who gets COVID-19 is a bad human being, you are nuts. And I don't care if that's family, friends. I don't give a rip at this point. If you are so gripped in fear that you believe that you are God or that anybody can play God with this virus, whether that's our Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci, whether that's Deborah Burks, whether that is Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, whether that's shits and giggles themselves. If you believe that, here's an uncomfortable truth. You're nuts. And I don't care if that hurts your feelings. I don't at this point. I really don't. And I don't care if that costs me friendships. I don't care. Sanity needs to come back. And if you are being that insane, I don't care if you're in my life or not. I really don't. And more importantly, if you claim to be 
of the right-wing media. And you buy any of this? And if you think the vaccine is effective, that it, it works. It'll do a really great job for you. Do you even fact? Hashtag. Speaking of uncomfortable truths, Pat, we have to talk about something because what was what? Where was uh, Joe Biden? By the way, he was just in Europe, right? Uh, specifically in Glasgow, Scotland, at a climate change conference put on by the UN and whatever, right? Yes. <clears throat> How about some inconvenient, or in our case, uncomfortable truths about the new energy economy? I, I think our friends at uh, fee.org have a few things to teach us um specifically 41 and i can tell you right now we don't have time to get through all of 41 we'll, we'll put it in the show notes for you mm. but uh we'll, we'll get through we'll get through some of these um together um i'm just gonna go with number one here and this is about realities from the scale of energy demand <clears throat> they, they broke this out into three different sections um, it says hydrocarbons supply over 80 percent of the world energy if all were in the form of oil, the barrels would line up from Washington, D.C. to Los Angeles, and the entire line would grow by the height of the Washington Monument every week. Damn, Gina! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, eliminating hydrocarbons to make U.S. electricity, impossible soon and feasible for decades, would leave untouched 70% of the U.S. hydrocarbons use. Americans uses 16% of world energy. So wait, if we were to eliminate the hydrocarbons to make uh -huh. U.S. electricity, uh -huh. right? Meaning if, if we eliminated what? Oil, natural gas, um, that sort of stuff, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. It would leave untouched 70% of hydrocarbon use? Correct. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that, that's how I interpret it. So anyway. what they're telling you is that it wouldn't make a dent. <sighs> Even if we switched tomorrow, our how we produce electricity in this country, if we used wind or solar, right, completely, mm. you're only touching thirty percent. Do nothing. Right. Uh, this next section comes from realities about energy economics. Over a 30-year period, $1 million worth of utility-scale solar or wind produces 40 million and 55 million kilowatt, respectively. $1 million worth of shale, shale well produces enough natural gas to generate 300 million kilowatts over 30 years. So not economically feasible is kind of how I interpreted that. Yes, because what they're saying is that if you did a million dollars of oil production, mm -hmm. right, you, mm -hmm. it would generate 300 million kilowatt hours of energy. A, the same one million invested in solar or wind only produces about one-fifth or one-tenth mm -hmm. of that. It's mm -hmm. a problem. Yeah. It costs less than 50 cents to store a barrel of oil or its equivalent in natural gas, 
but it costs $200 to store the equivalent energy of a barrel of oil in batteries. Yeah, that's that's the crux of the matter right now is that mm-hmm. I fully believe we don't have the, t- the technology uh, to be able to do this, uh, how they want it done. Because of this, we don't have a way to, number one, store the batteries correctly. Number two, we don't have the way to efficiently use a battery. And number three, when that battery loses life cycle, we don't have the ability to recycle the battery. We do more harm on the backside of a battery being put out to pasture, if you will. We hurt the earth more every time we use these types of batteries. We don't have the technology to be able to harness this correctly. Yet, mm. yet. Now in cars, we are seeing this become much more efficient over time. And that's thanks to innovation and people like Elon Musk. But it's right. not there yet on a mass no. scale. It's just no. not. Right. Uh, the next section, energy physics, inconvenient realities. Politicians and pundits like to invoke moonshot language, but transforming the energy economy is not like putting a few people on the moon a few times. It is like putting all of humanity on the moon permanently. Um, considering, I mean, I'm, what 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 the Biden administration has tried to do, or what they tried to say during the election of last year, if you remember this, is that they they weren't just going to um, cut out the oil industry, right? But in reality, that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to do this all at once rather than let the technology develop and then transition things over. They're trying to force things to happen rather than letting things happen naturally. Right. Which is damaging to the economy. And and I think, you know, that is the point of where a lot of libertarians are. If you Mm. just got out of the way, right? The boondoggles that we saw during the Obama era, right? The 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 solar companies that never produced anything, the all of the the green energy jobs that Mm. went nowhere, didn't produce anything. I want you to think about this because one of the arguments that we have that I have made is that if the government got out of the way, we would see that innovation when demand starts to be there for it, right? Let it happen naturally because what they're talking about is if solar power scaled like computer tech, right? That's what Mm -hmm. they keep talking to us about. Like, look at the computer technology. Look at televisions. We can do that with solar and wind. Uh Well, a single postage stamp size of a solar array would power the entire Empire State Building, right? Right. That is not anywhere near possible right now. A postage stamp size of a solar array. It'll the problem with that books. is look at look at the technology and we've been told that it'll it'll just jump. No, it hasn't. And why hasn't it? Because they can't figure out how to harness it correctly. And more importantly, Pat, computer technology, they they say makes a you know a two times leap every year, basically, or nine months now, right? But they have had that computer technology. And that innovation for what? Since the 50s, really? Mm. When they started to develop the computer? You know, when IBM started working on that for the government? 
It was really in the 1950s, and then it started to be used in the 60s, 70s, and then it became a mass production thing in the late 70s, early 80s, and then it just started to snowball downhill to the point where we literally have an entire phone that is basically the computer today. In fact, it's on your watch, by the way. It is literally on your wrist. But that took 70, 80 years almost. Mm-hmm. Now, another one. If batteries scaled like digital tech, a battery the size of a book costing three cents would power a jetliner to Asia. That's that's what we are talking about. Is that mm-hmm. reality? No. No. Furthermore, if combustion engines scaled like computers, a car engine would shrink to the size of an ant and produce a thousandfold more horsepower. Actually, ant-sized engines produce 100,000 times less power. This is the reality, right? Because we're talking about 10x, right? Where do you get 10x? How do you scale, right? right. No digital-like 10 times gains exist for solar tech. Physics limit for solar cells is a max conversion of about 33% of photons into electrons. Commercial cells today are at 26%. So we're not even at the max capacity of physics. Even if we got to the the laws of physics, right, Pat? We're only talking about 33% of the photons coming into electrons. Now, could the laws of physics change? Potentially. But we've been studying the laws of physics for hundreds of years by now. I want you to think about this. Wind technology. Physics limit for wind turbines, the BETS limit, is a max capture of 60% of energy in moving air. Commercial turbines achieve just 45%. How about batteries? Maximum theoretical energy in a pound of oil is 1,500% greater than max theoretical energy in the best pound of battery chemicals. 1,500%. This is why this idea of the Green New Deal, this green energy, this new energy economy is ridiculous. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And let's go, Brandon, you fat bastard right-wing imbecile. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.